0: Welcome back to the Across the Tracks podcast and uh, having a little enjoyable weather here in my world, part of the world, but it's all good. It's springtime in the Rockies, so what can you say? Uh, But we're back for another exciting episode tonight, and I'm Wayne.
1: And I am Steve. Welcome back. Yay, Uh what we got going on tonight, my friend. Oh wow. Well,
0: hey, a lot of stuff happening, man. Um I we we were chatting, you know, before it came on there, something I forgot, man. Tonight is the season or the series finale of Blackish. I don't know if you if you watch Blackish or not, mm-hmm. but tonight is 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 the final episode. Uh, it will be going off the air, uh, after tonight. So eight years, uh, been on the air, but tonight is, is the end. So, uh, definitely going to tune into that and, uh, and see that last episode. And I've been watching winning time, my friend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> man, that is amazing. That <laughs> That is, is amazing. And it's crazy, man, that, uh, wow. That, that is a great series. Great series.
1: Don't don't they have uh, the guy that plays Magic Johnson? Doesn't he look like
0: Magic Johnson? He's a, he he's 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 like a dead ringer almost, man. <laughs> Even the way he talks. Yeah. Even the way he talks, man. I'm like, wow, this this guy's good. But man, so much. Um, wow, I mean, so many plots and things going on. I did not know half the stuff that's been uh, portrayed in this series. I mean especially with Jerry West. I, mm-hmm. I, wow. I'm like, dang, this is crazy. But man, it's a good series. I, I can't wait till this Sunday night for a new episode.
1: <laughs> have you, have you gotten up to
0: seven
1: or eight? Okay. I, I,
0: I watched the episode Sunday night where, uh, uh, the Lakers like played Boston. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That was good. <laughs> that, was good
0: that was a good one.
1: That was a good one.
0: That was a good one. So and, I, I and,
1: and since it's, uh, it's called winning time and it's going to go through it. They may have three or four seasons.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, to, 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 to look at the Lakers in perspective, uh, from, uh, you know, the, the, when magic came aboard in 79, yeah, it's going to take a while to, to get through all that, man, the eighties and then the nineties and then up to my fact, I think when the series opens, uh, it's magic, getting the, uh, you know, basically it's the HIV uh, uh, announcement he's going to have to make. So, yeah, that was 92, 92. 92, I think it was 92. Mm -hmm. But, man, great series. Great series. So I'm glad you turned me on to it, man. I have never was a Laker fan, but this is intriguing.
1: (laughs) 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 I I think the, the thing that surprises me the most about it is Pat Riley.
0: Yes. You know, how he
1: got his start as being a gopher as yeah. opposed to being the coach. And in this last episode, you can see that, you know, he's he's going to be the guy down the road.
0: Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. And the thing is, I mean, you know, he he... he, he he knew basketball. That, that's why Westhead wanted him on board. He's like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but, you, you know, you know what you're doing. He's like, I need you on the sidelines with me. And, uh, yeah, signs of things to come. Yeah. Signs of things to come. But, man, uh, it is it is a fantastic series. I, I can't wait till this Sunday night.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just wish out last thing before we go ahead and move in. I wish I would have waited to binge watch the whole thing because anticipation from week to week is just it's just not fair now. And in today's society where you you can just binge watch anything and now they they make you wait week after week. Yeah. You know, hell, I may not be around next week. I want right, to see the whole damn
0: right, thing. Right, <laughs> right, yeah. I, I've gotten so used to just like, you know, what if it's available, I want to watch it, and uh, just I'll I'll sit and watch it, man. Just binge it and, and watch it, you know. And, the, and I think they were catching on because they did that with the last, um, the last season of the marvelous Miss Maisel. Mm-hmm. That's what they did. They put out a new episode each Friday. So you, you couldn't binge watch like you could the previous uh, – I think it's – I mean, this is season four. You couldn't binge watch this season like that's you could right. the other three seasons. So each Friday they release a new episode. So you're like, damn, hurry up and release the episode. I want to
1: watch. And you know watch. what? You know what else they did? They did something different is that they released two episodes at a time. Yes, yes, yes. and which that's kind of odd. Usually – when they start a new season, they'll do two episodes. Right. Like I, right. I watched better call Saul last yeah, night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it had, it had, they released, they had two episodes back to back, which was, which was good.
0: You know, I, I tried to get into better. We're, 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 we're uh, on one of these uh, trails we get on every now and then before we actually get into our topics one night. But I tried to get into better call Saul after watching breaking bad and I'm like, I just, I can't, maybe I need to try it again, but I just, <laughs> couldn't, I just couldn't get into it. And now uh, I knew they released two episodes last night of the new season. So maybe I'll start it from the beginning and try it again. But uh, I, yeah, I just I, I think if you, if you do
1: that, you can, you can see how all the, how all the uh, characters yeah. uh, connect in there and you can see where they brought them in yeah. and their uh, roles and how, you know the, the nuances of how breaking bad uh is interjected into better call saul okay it's it's yeah it it yeah. it okay it gives you a great insight on the characters and how they how they are and what they do and the roles of the connections between the different uh infighting within the the money makers. so yeah. it's
0: yeah. All yeah. right. I'll have to give it another shot. Uh, check it out, because uh, I, I I gave it a try when as soon as Breaking Bad went off. I'm like, let me let me check out this Saul thing. I mean, even though he was a he was a he was a big time character in Breaking Bad. Uh, I just like, OK, let's let's see if he can hold his own. And for some reason, it just didn't grab me right off the bat. So it was slow. The first yeah. <laughs> few ep-
1: the first probably four or five episodes was pretty so building uh, the characters in in there. So yeah, yeah, yeah it, it's yeah. It's the first season's a little slow, but it all connects.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Cool. I'll give it a shot. Give it a shot. Be patient. All right. <laughs> yes, patience, <All> right. grasshopper.
1: <laughs> <laughs> speaking of speaking of movies, <laughs> speaking of movies. Yeah. Well, we we are going to discuss some. Uh, Uh, celebration of black film. In our last episode, we discussed the slap that was heard around the world and and, or seen around the world. Yeah. And it kind of brought the idea of, you know, um, black movie makers and so on. So uh, as I was going through the week, Lynn and I were At a grocery store or someplace, and I saw an Entertainment Weekly magazine, and it's a celebration. It's called The Celebration of Black Film. Yep. And so I, you know, threw it on the uh, conveyor belt, uh, not knowing what was in there, and then um, got home, started reading through it. Man, there are some really awesome films, directors producers. It gives a good history of um, uh, black cinematography, some things that we have not seen before, people that we haven't heard of before, and some things that we've seen all of these. I say the majority of the films and um, movies that were there in the magazine, we've seen. Yes. and we and there's a good relationship between the audience and the moviegoers, moviegoers and the uh, talent that was put together um, for these uh, for the for the articles so why don't you go ahead and uh, get us started on it real quick
0: yeah so you know in looking through there one of the articles one of the articles in the magazine asked a question you know, as to what makes a black film black. And if you sit and think about it, which you know, normally you say, oh, there's some black people in it. It's a black film. Well, not necessarily true. So I thought tonight we'd we hash that that topic around, you know, from our perspective, what we think uh, makes a black film black. And so I'll, I'll, I'll start the discussion. Um, I, I think there is some merit to the fact that just because the movie has black people in it doesn't, doesn't necessarily make it a black film. For example, let's look at, um, what's a good example. The example they used in the book, one of the, one of the movies they used an example in the book was Amistad. Mm-hmm. And Amistad was black characters in it. Um, it was about a slave ship, uh, people you know coming over on a slave ship. Um, but the main character of the movie wasn't the guy who played, you know, the the slave. I think his name was uh, was it Damon Hinshu? He mm-hmm. played the lead character, and I'm the, the the lead black character. The hero the hero of that movie was a white character. Uh sort of the you know, the white savior complex that you sometimes see in a lot of our movies. Yeah. It was John, uh,
1: John Quincy Adams.
0: Yes. Yeah. Uh, another example was, uh, free state of Jones. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you caught that movie. Same thing. Yep. Matthew McConaughey's character. He was the savior of, you know, the, the slaves and whatnot. Not, not, it wasn't focused on the slaves. It was on his character. So right. just because there are black people in the film, Doesn't make it a black movie. You have to look at what is, what's the film saying. Does it reflect a true representation of the black experience? In my opinion, Um, a classic example I would say that we grew up with. If you look at a lot of the black black exploitation movies, Shaft. Let's look at Shaft. Mm -hmm. Shaft was a character that we we were proud of Shaft. It was about Shaft. He was the hero in that movie. Um, you know, Gordon Parks, I think, wrote that movie, produced it. Uh, it was a black film. Even though there were white characters in the movie, the main character in that film was the black detective John Shaft. And we have a lot of movies like that. But I think um, you can have. You can have a white director of a movie that is black, and it, it represents the black experience right. in totality, then I say it's a black film. And the best example I can come up with is The Color Purple. Right, right. <laughs> the Color Purple, Steven Spielberg, great movie. I forgot how many Oscar nominations it got. It didn't win one. Eleven. Eleven. Uh, I think there were people who had it in for Steven Spielberg, which is why he didn't get any uh, Oscars for that movie. But it told a great story of the black experience of that time. So um, th- that's my perspective on it. That there, It goes both ways that, um, you know, just because the director may not be black, if a white director can capture the black experience in its totality, then I say it's a black film. Same is true if the director is black, but the characters making the pivotal roles in the movie, holding the pivotal roles, if they're not black, then I say it's not a black film. And um, we've talked a lot on the podcast about music. It's the same thing. Can a white guy sing R&B? Absolutely. It, it, It can be soul music if it comes from that point where we know when we hear that song, for example, when you hear "Sarah Smile" by John Hall and da- and Daryl Hall and John Oates, you're like, man, that's a bad jam, man, because <laughs> yeah. because it's it speaks to your soul, um, you know. So there, we we talk about the blue eyed soul, Michael McDonald, like there are guys who sing from the soul. They're white, but it it's got that soul feeling. It's R and B. You can classify that. There are a lot there are a lot of black folks that say like yeah, that's not R&B. That's that's not, quote, black music as per se. So it it all depends how you look at it through your lens. But I think if it defines the black experience in its totality, then I say uh, that's to me, that's what makes a black movie, a black film. Your thoughts?
1: I, I agree with you 100 <laughs> percent. Um you know, as as we've gone and grown and has spent many, many hours watching uh, cinema, watching movies and TV shows and living the life, we know what makes a black film. We Growing up, we always look for someone that looked like us on the movies. Right. You know. When we started watching TV, it was it was amazing to see someone black on TV. Everybody, come here, look, look, look there's <laughs> right. a black person on TV. <laughs> right. Okay. Same way with black cinema. When we think of you mentioned Shaft, I mean he was he was one of the first black heroes because it was it was a a, a person that stuck it to the man. And he was also someone that had uh, his blackness in the forefront, as opposed to growing up stepping fetching and stuff like that. Right. You know, because most of early cinema was caricatures of black people. You know, as I was looking through, uh, reading through some of this and the The guy that played Step and Fetch it, which you know was a dull uh backwards slow embarrassment of 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 a black man yep that that's what they portrayed us as and in a lot of those movies uh early in the twentieth uh, century, a lot of those movies portrayed black people as either being angry. Hateful, criminals, uh, rapists, someone is out to take away the purity of, of white uh, America. And so even starting with the birth of a nation, oh. you know, when, you know, D.W. Griffin and the formation of the Ku Klux Klan, you know, all those people that were in the movie were white and they just pretended to be black. They put them in blackface. You know, the the Klan was supposed to come and save all the uh, white women from these evil black people coming. So, therefore, Quantum Leap to Shaft, and then you have a black man that's going to save black folks from white people. Uh, Drug dealers. He was a detective. (laughs) You know, he wasn't just, he wasn't the guy that was committing the crime. He was the guy that was stopping the crime. Okay, so uh, on top of that, you have Gordon Gordon Parks as the director, and then you have a a, a theme or a, um, a a movie, the the music of the movie that was produced and by Isaac Hayes. Uh, it went along with the movie, and it each. Song represented something specifically in the movie, The titles of the songs from the uh, soundtrack represented specific things in the movie. It wasn't subliminal. It's like Bumpy's theme, right? You know, Bumpy in the movie. Okay. So when Bumpy, uh, who was one of the, uh, kind of arts villains in the movie, a uh, I to the villain. Uh when Bumpy did something kind of crazy, you knew that this was called Bumpy's theme. It, it it flashed you back to that part of the movie in which Bumpy was doing that. So
0: right.
1: uh so the soundtrack, I don't I don't know if the soundtrack won Grammys or not.
0: Uh the, I think it yeah, I think I, I, I think it, I think Isaac he Hayes it, won a Grammy for the theme of Shaft. I do believe he did.
1: I, we have to, we'll have to look, but yeah, yeah. I don't know if he won an Oscar or not.
0: Yeah, I don't think he won an Oscar, but I think he did win a Grammy for the yeah. for the theme of Shaft. Yes.
1: Theme yeah. Shaft. So but yeah, that that is, you know, my take on it and the fact that it's shows black culture, black innovation, black education, uh, and it shows the black experience that's considered to be a black film. And then you mentioned The Color Purple, and we'll go back to that for a second. Nominated for 11 Oscars, didn't win one. Some of that, and we've mentioned this before in our, in our podcast, some of that is because it was the pre-Me Too movement. Yep. Okay, so a lot of black females didn't like the movie because it supposedly belittled women because of the main character, um, uh, Danny Glover playing Mr, and <laughs> Whippy Goldberg playing Sealy. Uh, it diminished women. And so there's this big outcry from black women and black folks from across the country that this this movie was belittling. It was it didn't represent. Yeah. And so Hollywood, You know, periodically Hollywood goes through times in which you see nothing black, okay? And then someone will bring that to their attention and then they'll start doing things for black folks or minorities or Latinos or whatever. And Hollywood has been out of that until recent, where there was no black film, no black directors, no black actors, no one nominated. I want to say three or four years ago mm-hmm. in which um, now it's kind of turned the other direction. And so as these black films like the color purple and so on, it Hollywood said, well, we're hearing that they don't black folks don't like this film. So we're not going to give them any Oscars because it'll make black folks upset. well, then we were mad that they didn't get any Oscars. well, we were our own worst enemy, okay, yeah. we complained that it was something that was negative, and then when we didn't get any Oscars, we were mad we were upset. I wasn't upset because I knew that was going to happen. They were up folks were upset because they didn't. You can't have it both ways okay so if if they could redo that, I guarantee you that the color purple would sweep all of those. I yep. want to say out of Africa with Meryl Street won the best picture of the year, I think that year
0: well, and it's yeah
1: it's not even comp- the color purple kicks the hell out of nearly <laughs> every film. That, that's been made. Steven Spielberg should have been the best director, yep. should have had the best cinematography, should have had the best yep. actress, best supporting actress, best actor. It should mm-hmm. have It should have swept Sh- everything.
0: Sweep. Yep, should have been a clean sweep. Should have been a clean sweep. Yeah, but that's a, an example
1: of a black film that was directed by a, a, a white man, but yep. the character, the culture is all there.
0: Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Um, to backtrack, Isaac Hayes did win, uh, an Oscar for the theme from Shaft. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. And that, that is like, uh, man, that is, that's classic. That is a classic theme song. And just about all the, a lot of the black, I won't say a lot, probably all the black exploitation movies that we grew up watching and said, they all had a soundtrack to accompany them, mm-hmm. and, and the soundtracks were banging, man. They were banging. I mean, great songs came from a lot of those movies, but he did win an uh, Oscar for the theme from Shaft. So yeah, I'm going to backtrack on that. So since we're talking about, about movies, let me throw one out. Is this film a black movie or not? And that is Car Wash.
1: Well, let's see. <laughs> Car Wash. Car Wash. Yes, it is.
0: You think Car Wash is a black movie? Yes. (laughs) It is. In my opinion,
1: it is. Because the main characters in the movie, to me, is Ivan Dixon and uh, uh, Bill Duke. Duke.
0: Bill Duke,
1: yeah. Okay. And uh, Richard Pryor has a cameo. The Pointer Sisters has a cameo. And the 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 car wash itself it shows you the different characters that are trying to make it in a situation in which they are washing car the uh, who was the uh, was Sydney was Poitier the no Sydney Poitier was the director of steer crazy i forget who the
0: director was the director of, was uh, michael schultz michael, michael schultz. schultz directed car wash yeah
1: i I say it it, it is a black film. Okay. Because the main characters, the plot evolves around the main characters, which I think is uh, Bill Duke, uh, Abdullah,
0: or Dwayne. Dwayne. (laughs) Dwayne. Don't don't call me Dwayne. My name is (laughs)
1: Abdullah. And uh, Ivan Dixon. I can't
0: think of it. Ivan Dixon. His character's name was... uh, Um, what was uh, Ivan Dixon's character's name in called.
1: Uh, I can't think of it. Uh,
0: what was his character's name?
1: I know that Abdul called Mr. Uh, Mr. D. <laughs> it's Mr. Not, Mr. B.
0: Mr. B. I need more money. Mr. B, I need more money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what was... Uh, Lonnie. Think, yeah. Lonnie. Lonnie. Yeah, yeah. Lonnie. Yeah. Lonnie. I need more money, Mr. B. I got kids, you know. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I mean, it's... I think it is okay. I, I can see that. I can see that. I mean, yes, I think they—they, they, you know, they—they they were the main characters. I—I I, I, I agree with that. But you had some—you had some other subplots going going on in that yeah. movie. You had yeah. my man uh, Franklin Ajay, the fly, yeah. and and his trying to get the girl. Yeah. You had the two guys who were trying to break into the entertainment business. Um, then you had the prostitute. <laughs> the prostitute character looking for her long lost love who you know never she never found George Carlin plays a great role in that movie yeah. the cat, I mean Car Wash is a classic it is a classic
1: it is and
0: it is. I think you know with, I, in our hometown man everybody wanted to go work at the Car Wash out there on 31 <laughs> <laughs>
1: everybody
0: wanted to go work at the Car Wash you know but Great soundtrack. Rolls Royce. I mean, man, great soundtrack. So is there a black movie that you could sit and watch 40, 50 times? No matter. You could watch it. Is there a film that 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 fits that criteria for you? No matter when you could sit and watch that movie 40, 50 times. No biggie. Is there a film that 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 does that for you?
1: Yes. There's several films or films. There's several of them that does it, but there's one that I could always watch. I keep it with me all the time. Okay. I keep it on my iPad, and I watch it at least two, three times a year. Wow. And that yep. is A Soldier Story.
0: Yep, yep. I agree. I yeah, agree. A Soldier
1: Story. <laughs> is, it's just, they took the stage play, they brought it from Broadway, and made the film of it, and it's just uh, it's just an awesome film. It's got a great plot twist. Uh, it's got uh, great actors involved. Everybody from Adolphus Caesar, Denzel Washington, um, uh, Denzel. young Denzel Washington, <laughs> uh, Robert Townsend is in it. Um, Several. Uh, uh, who played uh, the lieutenant uh, Captain 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 Daniels, Howard Rawlings.
0: Yep, Howard uh, Rawlings.
1: He was in there. Uh, just 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 a great movie. Uh, and uh, it just it's just a great movie. Yeah. You know, it, it it the plot is uh, somebody, a sergeant's been killed and a black officer. Uh, is uh, brought in to investigate uh, the murder and find out who uh, who uh, was responsible. And so it goes into it goes into culturally good, bad, and evil. It goes into um, bullying. Yeah. It, it it talks about you know. Uh, how, you know, black folks always make fun of country people and so on. Uh, it goes into all of that and the, the plot to an end.
0: Yep. Yep. That is, that is a classic. That is a classic. Uh, any, any others that come to mind?
1: Oh, let me see. Shaft is always one. I can always watch it over and over. Um, Coming to America. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, definitely coming to America is is, is in there. It's just <laughs> you imagine it; it can happen. There's so many. Color purple, definitely the color purple. Even though that I don't think I, I can watch. I could watch Glory, but it is, you know, some parts of it is kind of melancholy. Definitely Purple Rain. Yep,
0: uh, yep.
1: Uh, uh, there no doubt about that. One of my all-time favorites also is is Do the Right Thing Yep, yep. by uh, Spike Lee. Uh, you know, every time I think of it getting hot, we have at least three <laughs> or four or five hot days in a row. I'm going to throw on Do the Right Thing. The
0: Right Thing, yep. Yeah,
1: yeah. How about you?
0: Uh well, Soldier Story. I, I I that's another one I can watch time and time again. Um, I also like uh, Malcolm X. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Malcolm X most definitely. It's it's on my iPad, and uh, like you, man, I I carry it when I travel. It's one of the movies that's on my iPad. I can I can watch mm-hmm. Malcolm X over and over again. You mentioned Do the Right Thing. One of the Spike movies that I like. It's very underrated, uh, but I I love this movie. It's more better blues. Yes, I uh, like Mo' better blues. Uh, all the black exploitation movies. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I can watch any of those, man. Stop. For, hold
1: on for a second. What's yeah. What does it mean by a black exploitation? We we said that a couple times,
0: right? But so, to
1: the listening audience, what is right? So a black it, exploitation. Right. Yeah,
0: like? So it was a movie made where the characters it, it the movies were made with the intention that somehow they were exploiting the characters in the movie or exploiting the audiences that were going to watch them because you know there wasn't anything for us to watch so the the idea that somehow we're going to make these movies a lot of them were made on very made on very slim budgets right and the the intent was, you know, let's, let's let's exploit the hell out of the black culture. OK, that's that's my view on it. But a lot of those movies turned out to be huge blockbusters. I mean, they were huge movies. So were we exploited? Uh, no, I think it it showed people a glimpse into black culture. That they hadn't previously seen because we weren't we weren't anywhere we weren't on the movie screens, so those movies gave white white audiences a lot of white folks saw Shaft, they saw Superfly, uh, they saw a lot of these movies and it gave them an insight into the black culture. So were we actually exploited? I say no, but that was the intent that somehow we're going to uh, you know maybe make a mockery of the black culture the actors in the movie, that type of thing. That's my definition of black exploitation movies. Your thoughts?
1: Yeah. It's the fact that how can we make something really cheap and make (laughs) a whole bunch of money off of it? Because, you know, the price of anything, if with supply and demand, if you have a few items, the price is higher. So if you make one or two movies that are designated to be for the black audience who they have nothing, then we're going to make a whole bunch of money. right? Okay? Let's spin low and make a lot of money because the black community is dying to see themselves in movies. They're dying to be represented in film right therefore when we say black exploitation movie to me we're gonna use black folks to make a whole bunch of money and we don't give a crap about some of the topics that we're putting out there right you know some of it could be junk stuff and right black people is, is they're gonna they're gonna go see it. They're gonna go spend money because they don't have it. Now right. as more and more cinema started to expand to more audiences and started having more diverse uh, themes, then the black exploitation movies started to dwindle because yeah, you know, Superfly was an awesome movie, but Superfly was a druggie. Yep. <laughs> you know, I mean growing up going to see Superfly was it was a great movie. I mean at the time, but as I look at it now Superfly the movie was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the plot was there, but the acting wasn't there. I mean the guy was a drug dealer.
0: He was, you know, was a drug dealer.
1: He was a drug dealer and it it was it wasn't a good movie but at the as I say that now but at the time it was one of the greatest movies out there yeah yeah okay because we had somebody that you know number 1 beat up the white man <laughs> okay <laughs> that happened in the movie because yeah. not too often do uh, black characters Get to go after uh, white people, no. especially back during that time. and so superfly did that, took advantage of uh, going after the man and actually having black people to shoot at white people and kill white folks on film. yep, okay? so yeah, that that that's my thoughts on black exploitation movies. Yep. They were great, yeah,
0: you know? they were great. They were a lot of fun. Yes. Uh, they they got us out of the house on Saturdays. <laughs> you know, go go down to the state. Go down theater.
1: to state theater.
0: That's the state Spend theater. all day. <laughs> Spend all day down there. So yeah, it was it was a it was a it was a a rite of passage for us, uh, you know, growing up as kids to to watch those movies. I mean. Now we can sit back and you know you know laugh about them or critique them because our knowledge has grown. But at the time, those movies were great. They were the greatest yes. thing going. So right, 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 greatest things going. So uh, that's that's uh, our our discussion on you know what makes a black film a black film. Um, so good topic. Um, you know that'll allow us to segue into our next topic. And that is this past weekend, April the 15th to be exact, uh, was the 75th anniversary of Jackie Robinson breaking the color barrier, in major league baseball, huge, uh, huge day for MLB. Um, everybody wore the number 42. That number is the only number retired by major league baseball. No one ever will ever wear that number again, uh, throughout baseball. Uh, and I found myself, you know, um, you know, you you seventy five years is, is a is a is a milestone, a huge milestone. And you think about uh, the fact that as kids growing up, we we watched a lot of baseball, we played a lot of baseball, and um, you know, we watched a lot of the. I think by the time we came of age, uh, I don't think Jackie Robinson was playing anymore. Right, but the legacy that he left, we saw some great black ball players, you know, growing up as kids in Kentucky, we saw a lot of the great black ball players of the era. We either saw them in person, uh, because we live so close to Cincinnati and could go up there and watch watch the Reds play teams, or we saw them on TV. Right. But um the the path that Jackie Robinson laid, I watched uh, a lot of the specials that were on this weekend. People were talking about Jackie Robinson. Um, a lot of folks only know the baseball aspect. But man, he was involved in a lot of things off the field as well that you know helped pave the way for black people in this country. And a lot of people don't know about that. All they know is He was a great baseball player. He played for the Brooklyn Dodgers, and he was the first black man in MLB. That's all a lot of people know. But he did a lot of work within the civil rights movement, uh, you know, fighting for the rights of black folks. He was very outspoken, you know, at that time, which was unheard of, Right. you know. Uh, so I, I just was like, wow, I was amazed a lot of the things that came out this past weekend. And then I watched the Jackie Robinson story, um, on, uh, DVD I have the DVD. I sat and watched that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I just, man, I just got a greater appreciation for Jackie Robinson, the man, you know, other, you know, he was a ball player. Yes, but he was a man. He was a true black man. Fighting for the rights of black people, you know, and he wanted to make sure he represented himself accordingly. But he he was going to make sure that black people were treated fairly uh, in all aspects of life. That's what he fought for. So uh, I was like, well, I I gained a true appreciation of Jackie Robinson, the man. Uh, Your thoughts?
1: Yes, sir. Uh, Once again, as I, I agree with you, the fact that he did do so much more than just play baseball. And as you mentioned, some of the greats that followed uh, Jackie Robinson were blessed by his um, civil disobedience, I guess you can say, turning the other cheek. Yeah, uh, because if, you know, this this past weekend um, in Boston uh the the people in the garden or whatever they play at now were giving Kyrie Irving the blues.
0: Yep.
1: And Kyrie Irving uh lit him up. And in the process, he flipped off the crowd a couple of times. <laughs> and so if that if Jackie Robinson did that in um I think it was 1947.
0: Yep, 1947.
1: 1947. If he would have did that, then he would have um, spoiled the chances of Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, uh, Willie Stargell, Roberto Clemente, Joe Morgan. Uh, he would have uh, uh, stopped the... the uh, Ascension of Frank Robinson, Roy Campanella, okay, um, Reggie Jackson, just go on and on and on and on. Uh, Lou Brock, yeah, uh, Bob Gibson, uh, Willie Stargell. I may have mentioned him earlier. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. But those guys uh, st- are standing on the shoes. Uh, Bobby Bonds, Barry Bonds, yeah, yeah, standing on the the shoulders. Of Jackie Robinson, and in in 1968, when um, the Olympics took place, and the uh, two track athletes, uh, Carlos and uh, John Carlos and Tommy uh, Smith, Tommy Smith, when they uh, gave the Black Power salute while they played the national anthem, and the other black athletes were thinking about coming back to the United States and boycotting the rest of the Olympics. It was Jackie Robinson that went down there and to Mexico City and talked them out of not doing that. And so therefore he was not only an ambassador Uh, to Major League Baseball, but he was an ambassador to the Olympics, to the world uh, in 1968 by um, trying to keep these uh, young black men from um, not competing. Because if you think at the time, 1968, you know, we're at the height of the war in Vietnam. We were at the height of Uh, civil unrest. We were at the height of uh, the civil rights movement uh, going on. We were at the height of uh, people protesting apartheid. We were at the height of unrest in American cities. We were at the height of police brutality. Okay. And all of it came to a boil when those Tommy Smith and uh, John Carlos uh, stood up there and said, we're not going to take it anymore not any different than Colin Kaepernick taking a knee. Yep, yep. Okay. And Jackie Robinson was right in the middle of that and helped kind of broker, you know, a deal that would uh, allow them to go on and compete and competing. They did several world records were broken, uh, in, in track and field, uh, and so on. So, uh, yeah, he, he is the, uh, pre, Kaepernick, uh, at, at the time, he, he was the guy that helped, he was the glue that held, uh, some things together, even, uh, after the death of Martin Luther King in, um, that previous, uh, that previous April.
0: Yeah, and you, you know, just the, the, the attacks tax on his character, and, I mean, you gotta be a strong person to, uh, you know, to, to take that every time you come to the ballpark, every time you get up the bat, you've got someone vilifying you and calling you at your, I mean, that takes a strong person. And that was the reason why Branch Rickey chose him, uh, to, to be the person to, uh, to break the color barrier. You know, he wanted somebody that had the intestinal fortitude to not, uh, lash out, fight, whatever, when people were, you know, basically attacking you, your character, everything. I mean, can yeah. you take that game after game after game? And he did that. And uh, I, I, you know, when you look at his life, he died at the age of 53. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I'm sure that took a toll, man, in your in your inside, your body, it has to take a toll on you after a while, man, that, you know, that's that's stressful. It's, it's, It it just has to beat you down at some point. Yeah. So, um, you know, I say he's a he's one of those true American heroes uh, that, uh, you know, a lot of people don't know the whole story. They just know the baseball piece. So um, it was huge this weekend to uh, just, uh, you know, reflect upon him, uh, the man and uh, and all the great things he did, not just for baseball, but for for black people. So it was it was great to do see yep. that and, and be a be a part of that this weekend. So yes, sir. Yes, sir. So um, I'll let you bring up the next topic, my friend. Oh, uh, we, right. You know, it was uh, concerning Dwayne Haskins. We okay. want to just mention that briefly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, young, young man, um, you know, backup quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers um, killed uh, was it's been almost a week now, right? It's been about a week,
1: Uh, about a week, about a week, week. Uh, don't know exactly what happened other than him crossing, trying to cross a busy highway and getting struck and killed. Um, That's that's all that I know. Uh, the fact that, uh, you know, he is an All-American at Ohio State and um, was chosen to play. Uh, gosh, I think he was picked up by the Washington team. Yeah. Yep. And then traded to Pittsburgh and uh, was a backup to Roethlisberger. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Was down in here in Florida and yeah, yeah. struck and killed trying to cross a busy highway or something. So
0: it's really, really sad, really sad. Uh, 24 years old. um, Just really sad, man. Uh, And I'm sure it'll, it'll all come out as to what transpired, but uh, we, uh, you know, we had a couple other topics on our last broadcast. So we, we didn't mention that. So we just want to, uh, you know, uh, remember him and, um, you know, hope his family is, is uh is dealing with it well and they're doing well it's it's just a sad time so just just wanted to mention that so um yeah so um you know a lot of interesting things going on. We had the mask mandate lifted today for airplanes and and, and transit. Uh, I don't know how that's going to go over as a whole. I just I think there's a lot of selfish people in in this world, man. That uh, especially in our country that that don't get it, man. They just so happy. That they don't have to wear a mask anymore because some judge says you don't have to. But again, we talk about this all the time on the podcast. Man, um, people are more concerned about their rights, their freedoms than the person sitting next to them. Yeah, uh, because they don't know what that person their uh, their immune system could be compromised. They could have some, you know, major medical issue they're dealing with, and you're on a subway car, you're on a bus, or on an airplane, whatever, and you're breathing on people, and uh, you don't you don't give of shit so it, i i'm just you know we sit and talk man My wife and i've been talking all this week how how this country is is just messed up man it's it's just it's messed up from top to bottom yeah and uh it's it's sad to see where we are where we've come and it's all because of you know people don't want to wear a mask they don't want to you know respect authority of any kind um it, it's just it's sad to see where we are and um it's depressing. It's depressing yeah. as hell. You
1: know, uh, as as we move forward with all this, whether they make everything optional or not, that's fine. But I always have a mask with me mm-hmm. uh, and I'll have it in my pocket. And if people started getting too close to me, several people that I don't know, I'll put a mask on.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. That's just how it is. And if I'm going to travel by plane, I'm going to wear a mask. I mean, you you know, you're going to have two or three hundred people on that plane. Two or three hundred people on that plane. You know, they may have come from any place. Right. They may have come from China. Right. And they brought that thing on. You don't have to be tested before you get on the plane. You don't have to have a negative test before you get on the plane. OK, so therefore, you have all these people and you don't know where they came from, you know who nope. they've been exposed to. And so, yeah, I mean, they're happy that they don't have to wear a mask. I mean, you know, Just it's, it's like just just get used to it. it and it doesn't become a problem. Right. It's like a week, a week ago on. Yeah, a week ago, I got my second booster.
0: Yeah, 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 we got yeah. it. Yeah, I haven't gotten mine yet. Um, I, as a matter of fact, I hadn't got. I hadn't been too long since I got the first booster. So. Yeah, I
1: mean i you know. i i got uh, i got my second booster a week ago, Sunday. Yeah, yeah, a week ago Sunday. We had okay. just gotten off a of cruise. Yeah, and I just typed in, and they said, "Well, there's a Walgreens just a couple miles up the street," and we got the Moderna. Um, Booster there, I signed up to get there at noon. I took the shot. Yeah, it's not right. gonna buy so I took a shot. Okay, yeah. did I have any effects? Nope. I had a yeah. little where, where the needle went into my arm. Right, right. But that's it. Yeah. And if it's gonna help my uh, uh, boost my immunity, okay, fine.
0: It, it's going to keep you alive, <laughs> you know. Uh-huh. that's I mean, you just heard about the uh, DJ K. Slay who passed uh, after a long battle with COVID. He's 55. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with him or not, but uh, he's a big time DJ in New York, uh, icon in the hip hop community. But 55 years old, man, died to died uh, yesterday, I believe it was, after a uh, complication with COVID, man. Mm-hmm. You know, so people are still dying from people, this crap. Yeah, people are still dying. People are still dying, and you got you got a bunch of selfless fucks, man. That's what I call them. They <laughs> all they care about is is their rights and their freedoms. To hell with yours. Yeah. And it's it's sad that a mask and taking a shot has polarized this country to the level that it has. When we're close to what almost what a a million people dying. Yes, I mean we're you know from COVID. I mean. I, I don't get it. I, I will never get it as to why this is such a polarizing issue with with the bulk of the people in this country. And the bulk of the people who have an issue with it, they don't look like you or I.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I'll just put it out there. Yeah. Now we, we got a few misguided folks from our community that are that are dumb as some of these other people. But the bulk of the people who don't want to wear masks, who are raising hell on airplanes when the mask mandate was in, it wasn't us. OK, I just that's it. I put it out
1: there. <laughs> and what nuts that there is attacking the Capitol. Either, no, so.
0: no. I mean, oh, all all this stuff about. Right. All this stuff about, you know, you taking our freedoms. The majority of time, it ain't us. <laughs> it ain't us. So I, I'm just I'm I'm fed up with uh, with all the B.S., around so many things in this country because we're, we're, we're in the crapper and it's, it's freaking depressing every day. Uh, when you turn on the news, it's the same old crap about somebody you're infringing on my rights and this and that and we want our freedom back, whatever. It's like, ask, ask the people in Ukraine about freedom mm-hmm. that, you know, when you complain about not wearing a piece of cloth over your face for, for, uh, you know, an hour or so. So yeah. Yeah. A- ask yeah. people who are dealing with. You know, having their freedom truly taken away because that's exactly what's going to happen uh, to the to the people of Ukraine is their freedoms are going to be curtailed uh, if things goes. You know, they're already going south, but if they continue to ask them about having your freedom taken away, yeah. but you know, yeah. or some of these other places that uh, your your you know your right to be are restricted. You know, so yeah,
1: just, in, in some places. You, the thought of saying that my feet, my rights have been taken away, your ass is in jail.
0: Right, absolutely. You know,
1: absolutely. so you know absolutely. it's well. You know, we can go on and on and on. We talked about this until the sky turns
0: turns yep. orange. Yep. yeah. So yep. that's
1: not that's not ever gonna change. No. You know, so uh, for us, for me, I just keep a mask with me when I think absolutely. people too many people are around. I just put the damn mask on. Absolutely. If I'm out, if I'm outside, and I'm, I keep my distance from folks. Yeah. I'll take keep the mask off, but then yeah. we'll put it on.
0: But I heard today that uh, you know one of the things that people are going to be watching is there going to be backlash from people because people choose to wear a mask. You know that's that's what people are concerned about now. Are people who choose to wear masks because they want to protect? themselves and you are they going to catch hell from people because they're wearing a mask that's that's the next thing that people are concerned about and i it wouldn't i would not put it past people you know to come up and try to challenge why well, are you wearing a mask what are you wearing a mask for you know that kind of crap so yeah that that's just the the i don't know man right, like you say we can keep beating this dead horse and we ain't gonna do it yeah. anymore because it's yeah. ridiculous so yeah yeah so um that's uh, I think that's all we got, my friend, for this episode, unless you have something else. Yeah,
1: I think that's I think we've uh, done a good job talking about, you know, cinema and yeah. talking about uh, black movies, black exploitation movies, um, movies that we could watch uh, over and over again, which for some reason I don't I don't think I've got Malcolm X on my uh, iPad. Oh. Uh, but it's one that I always watch. I've got got the DVD. I just
0: yeah. probably have
1: to convert it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, good yeah. topic. Um, we'll see what next week holds.
0: Uh, yeah, we got a interesting week coming up. Uh yeah. You know there'll uh, probably be some interesting stories coming out this week. So. We'll keep our ear to the ground, or as our good friend Joe Man said, we'll we'll keep listening with the third ear and and hear what we say. Here, <laughs> listen for what uh, what's coming down the pike. So yes, sir.
1: All I'll be good. I'll be broadcasting from my closet next week.
0: Broadcasting from the closet <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> from my <Yeah>. sound booth.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, from the sound booth. So I've got about another week or so. I think I got another week. And then I'll be heading back to our old hometown around the first part of May. And uh, I'll be there for uh, for a few weeks. Uh, So. So, yeah. So. But, uh, yeah, we will be back. Uh, You'll be back in Indiana next next week for the broadcast. And uh, we'll we'll pick it up uh, next Sunday.
1: All right. Well, uh, as we sign off, as we get close to the uh, hour. Uh, make sure that you get somebody out there to vote, register them. Make sure you look at all the election rules. Uh, make sure that they don't take your uh, take your rights away from you. Uh, make sure they don't throw you off the rolls, Mark Meadows, <laughs> <laughs> because you <Yeah. he> lied. <laughs> yep. We don't want you to be living in one place and voting in two places. So, make sure that you uh do the right thing and take somebody with you to the polls because we cannot afford to miss an election every two years. It has to be just like christmas yep get yep. out there this it's the gift of freedom is getting out there to vote
0: and this this is a major election coming up uh, you know if uh if the uh if the control of the uh Uh, the Congress is lost, Uh, we're going to be in a world of trouble. We're going to be in a world of trouble. So, yes, please vote. Absolutely. All right. All righty.
1: Well, folks, uh, if you have any questions, we say this each time. You guys hadn't been contacting us at all, but that's all right. We (laughs) still give you the opportunity. Let us know any topics. uh, You want to contact us where we're available. Uh, hook us up, and uh, find us on Facebook. Uh, you can find us uh, on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and, and Anchor. There's several different locations you can you can contact us. We'd love to hear from you. Roger that. All right. As in the old baseball saying, "Like three strikes, we're, we're out." out. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are of those of the individuals and do not reflect on the official policies or positions of any government or corporation.